When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today's August 11th, and yes, we're going to talk about baseball. Happy Friday, though. Not happy Friday for my boys. Uh, it started happening yesterday again, and I think I'm good enough, and I'm going to do enough of a recovery today. But uh, yeah, I'm so sorry for the uh, the NPR podcast today. Matthew Libertor went eight innings, zero runs, two hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts, 15 whiffs. What a start for Libertor against the Rays. He was 92 and change earlier this year, and he sat 94, 95 in this. He didn't have his slider as much as I normally want him to have it. However, uh, his curve had a 50% CSW. The changeup had a 70% strike rate. I, I watch a good amount of this, and there were some good sliders that didn't get the you know, the bites. Um, sometimes he threw really good fastballs and uh, and dominated a bit, and then other times he threw like a one-two fastball that was down the middle, and it was sent to the right before the warning track. And there were a lot of times I felt as if Libertor got away with things. So I'm not going to say that Libertor is just, oh yeah, no, write this off. Do not think about it whatsoever. Like, no, um, a lot of times I can be very wrong about a single start and uh, it actually is the start of something. And the best situations for those, especially some surprise like this with Libertor is, uh, is when they have a nice matchup next time. And you can comfortably say, you know what, I'm going to treat this like a, a decent stream. And if Libertor does come through again and this trend is continuing, then great. I don't drop him and he gets Oakland next. That's beautiful. So I'm actually all for that. I would say, you know, this is the kind of situation where I would maybe even put Libertor into probable start just for the sake of you hold, you, you pick him up and then maybe hold after as opposed to just a probable for one day. There's a little bit extra value there. It's part of the reason why I'm upset I didn't raise Cole Reagan's higher on my streaming list. And part of the reason why I went from do not start to questionable start, but I should have put him at the top of questionable um, or something like that. Uh, and just keep that in mind. When you're streaming, the goal to, of streaming is to not be streaming <laughs> as much as you can uh, and getting just a solid rotation that you just trust every time. Okay. Uh, Reese Olsen also really surprised us yesterday against the Twins. Got the win. Six innings, zero runs, two hits, three walks, and eight strikeouts. 36% CSW for a King Cole. How did he do this? Well, unfortunately, no changeup, right? The changeup is the other thing that I've got so excited about with Reese Olsen back uh, when he first started pitching for the Tigers earlier this year. And that changeup is not doing the thing, which is unfortunate. However, the slider is still really good. He, uh, he got consistent strikes with the curve, the sinker, and the four-seamer did a good job as well. The two hits came on sinkers over the plate, uh, which is really annoying. But the, the four-seamer did go arm side a ton, jam guys with that. I really do dig that. I don't really think this is going to be sustainable for Reese Olsen. I feel like this is just one of those good ones. Uh, he does get the Twins again next time. I don't think I'm going to do it. Uh, James Paxton against the Royals. 15 with Scalos pole. Much better. 5.1 innings, 0 in runs, 6 sets, 0 walks, 6 Ks. However, he did sit 94. And we haven't actually seen Paxton sit 96 in, since, I think, June at this point. No, maybe it was July. Maybe it was June 30th, I think it was. 
uh, and actually showed on the live stream the uh, the trends of Paxton over the last like six games versus everything beforehand. He's down technically a tick. However, he was like 95 and change and then like went down to 94 here, right? I'm not saying that Paxton is getting fatigued and the whole thing. We know that Paxton has this whole injury history that we, the haze around him. We are not going to overreact at this point. We're just going to keep starting him. But yeah, you can't go three over 58, four seamer whips in the future and feel good about that. Thank you, Kansas City. Patrick Corbin against the Phillies had seven walks, but just one hit and zero earned runs in five innings. Unreal. I don't think I've ever seen uh seven to two walk per K or two to seven K per walk as you normally know it and go five innings and go zero earned runs. I don't think I've ever seen it. It was one unearned run, but man, I mean, that's the thing I should, I should reach out to Sarah Langs for that one. Cause that, this is just a very odd start. I don't think I've ever seen that line before. Even it's like a scoregami for a pitching line. Um, Austin Cox against the Red Sox, two innings, zero and runs, one hit, whatever. He opened for uh, Taylor Hearn, who then opened for Alec Marsh. He went five innings of two and runs, but uh, the four seamer is not very good. The slider isn't great, and the curveball showed up for seven over twenty-seven whiffs of forty-four percent CSW. But I don't think that Alec Marsh is like doing that forever now. I kind of just think it's the Red Sox being more bad. Uh, Ty Bloch. Got the gold star because he went against the Dodgers. I had no expectations. There's a lot of guys that could have earned the gold star yesterday. But Bloch got it because it was six innings of one earned run. Three hits, two walks, two Ks. What? Thanks for removing our win from Kershaw, buddy. Yeah, you're not doing that. He did avoid the heart of the plate for what it's worth. But no, we're not going after this at all. Kenta Maeda did not have a splitter. Zero over 20 whiffs and just a 5% CSW. And this is what I've been worried about. It's like, well, what is it going to be from Maeda when the splitter is not earning the whiffs that it is? And guess what? He went against the Tigers. Thank you, Tigers. But six innings, one to run, three hits, one walk, and four Ks. Phew. was only eight whiffs, though. The slider did earn 80% strikes and 40% CSW, and the four seamer did get some whiffs upstairs. But the slider wasn't like the 8-10 whiff pitches we would think. I mean, one of the whiffs, too, is Javier Baez being just so Javier Baez. <laughs> on that slider so i am a little worried um just because i mean i'm glad it worked out but it was more of the tigers being the tigers um and the splitter did earn it some outs it wasn't just like zero for 20 strikes or something it just wasn't the overwhelming pitch that it has been ever since he came back from the il so i'm a little worried um but uh obviously we're not gonna just result one start without the splitter is fine like everyone loses a pitch for a day or so it's just about is it gonna be like alex cobb who has it gone what for seven or out of eight starts or something like that hopefully not noah syndergaard against the jays got the win uh 5.2 innings one run sixes two walks five k's that could have been the gold star this is insane he's not gonna go eight four or sorry seven four seamer whiffs not a chance and maybe that actually has to do with the jays because uh the guardians just trounced them i mean we're talking gavin williams with four seamers up tanner bybee with four seamers up logan allen went four seamers up and so did Syndergaard. And the first one, you understand, Tanner Bybee, okay, fine. And then Logan Allen getting some whiffs, and then Syndergaard? Like, this is clearly the MO that the Guardians had against the Jays. Um, and it worked. So, get it together. Also, I know the pitching, sorry, the, uh, the umping in this game was pretty bad. So, maybe there is something to be said about that, too. But yeah, I do not trust 12 whiffs on a given night from Noah Syndergaard and 32% CSW. Not going to happen. Uh, Clint Kershaw returned, and he's Tatiaga, and it was five innings, one run, three hits, zero walks, four Ks. This is why he was an auto start. We knew it'd be five innings capped. That's just what the Dodgers do. 67 pitches. 
I hope his slider is better next time. It wasn't very good. So 15% CSW, but it was Rocky Road, so who cares? Uh, and we just keep starting uh, Clayton Kershaw. We're going to talk about everyone else from yesterday, including Zach Little, Alec Manoa, Hunter Brown, Aaron Nolan, of course, today and tomorrow's starters after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Aaron Nola against the Nationals. Five innings, one earned run, five hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. It's great to see him do this, but he needed 105 pitches for five frames, which is not really the Aaron Nola way. And I've been saying this a lot. Like, I love the fact that Aaron Nola is leaning four seamers and curves. I think those are his two best pitches, and I just want to see sinkers that go inside to right-handers. This is my recent thoughts about Aaron Nola. But what he did in this one is I actually split his fastballs between four seamers and sinkers. And what do you know? Three of his five hits came off the sinker. And all of those were in two strike counts. And it just drives me nuts. Because the curveball was amazing. His his command of it was great. The sinker should not be relied upon as a strikeout pitch. I know Aaron Nola has had times in the past where he just demands that sinker away against righties. And it just freezes them away. I honestly think that Aaron Nola, you have other things to go after. You made mistakes on it. You a lot of hits on it. It drives me insane. So, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I don't know. I, I feel like it's that straightforward. It was a great start. I'm happy it worked out. I'm just, this is where my mind is at. Uh, Dean Kramer against the Astros. Seven innings, two and runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks. Awesome. Against the Astros, you got the win there. Uh, the cutter was good. I, um... I think the four-seamer needs to be a little bit better still, but uh, it's still like, this is fine. You keep starting Dean Kramer. He's really coming through for you guys um, in the past like two months. And solid win chance with the Orioles being the Orioles. Uh, Zach, Zach Little against the Cardinals. He was my stream pick of the day. And honestly, if he got the win, if it wasn't Libertor being amazing, it would have been kind of solid. It would have been six innings, three and runs. You got poor quality starts, seven hits, zero walks, five Ks. But because it was a loss and it was a 4.5 ERA, I gave myself the streaming loss here. I feel like if that was a win, it would have been fine. Uh, but the 4.5 year in a 117 whip is not helpful. And the 5Ks isn't quite enough to swing it. So I I didn't. Uh, I gave myself a loss there. But it was really close. Um, but yeah, his, his, his command was terrible, though. <laughs> Four seamers were up, but everything was up. Sliders were up. Everything was up. It was weird. Like, nothing was low in this game. That's so strange to me. Uh, Bailey Falter against Atlanta did not come through. Of course not because it's Atlanta. Uh, Alec Manoa against the Guardians, absolutely not. He just won for 31 whiffs. That was a one good skill he had with slider whiffs, and that wasn't even here. And by the way, with Zach Little, you might be able to still stream him for, uh, for wins and stuff. It was only 73 pitches, though. 
So for him to go six innings was good. It's just you should probably expect a five and dive and hopefully better slider command in the future. Um, on the other side, Dean Kramer was Hunter Brown at Atlanta. Sorry, not Atlanta, uh, at Baltimore. Six innings, five earned runs, eight hits, zero walks, seven Ks. We're not quite there, but I think he's getting close. Like a lot of these hits were actually breaking balls in the way of the plate. And that's better to me than fastballs over the plate, right? Like I want to, as long as he has the fastball command, I think that over time the, the breaking balls would do better. So it'll come. I keep going with Hunter Brown there. Some in case, at least it's kind of nice that you got that to salvage. Um, and then Bryce Elder, very disappointing against the, the Pirates um, as I see him as a streamer, right? A lot of people are just completely out after the Cubs thing. For me, it's like, well, he was good against the Brewers and he generally is a streaming option. He's always really been that, but it was just a Vargas rule for a while. He was defying some of that. Now it's five innings, five earned runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks. I actually think he pitched kind of well. Sinkers were arm side, sliders are glove side. That's what he does. It just didn't go well here. Uh, it kind of got a little bit singled out. So it happens. Um, I think we just still consider uh, Bryce Elder as a streamer considering the really good win chance and a decent track record of that command. So I'm okay with all that. Um, looking at today and tomorrow's games, we have Luis Castillo, Corbin Burns, Blake Snell, Jesus Lazardo, Justin Verlander, and Tarek Skubal. Very clear, obvious stuff there. I don't really need to go into that, I think. Probable start tier, Lance Lynn against Rocky Road. Yeah, you go for that. Andrew Abbott hasn't been good, but it's the Pirates. I think you do it. Jose Barrios, Kyle Gibson against the uh, the Mariners. I think they're going to feed into what he's doing. Uh, Christopher Sanchez, we go with the, the the skills were there last time. And Charlie Morton, do what you want against the Mets. Good win chance. Strikeouts will be there. Hopefully the ERA and the whip are fine. Uh, questionable start tier. I think this is a start for John Gray. I'm going to be so excited and nervous. And I really want him to come through against the Giants here. Um, I'm going to go for it for most, in most situations. We'll see. Aaron Savali against the Guardians. He should be better than he was last time. Johan Aviedo is an interesting one against the Reds. He's been good lately. I just don't really trust the fastball over a long period of time, but in PNC Park, I would do that. Um, that's not so bad. Uh, Paul Blackburn's an interesting, uh, streaming option. If you're chasing a win, maybe not, but I mean, it's against Juan Adon, who I don't really think is that good. Uh, and he's after here. I know he was almost perfect. Uh, well, at least for his perfect five innings and he was flirting with that last time out. I don't think he pitched that well. Uh, but it is against Oakland. So both of those are going opposite each other. I'm going to favor Blackburn and the slider and change up. Uh, Reed Detmers and Chris Hill close it out. Uh, I don't know how long Chris Hill is going to go in this one. And I feel like if you have him in your IL spot, you just kind of wait one. It does seem like it should be a good start. But Chris Hill is not Max Freed or or Brandon Woodruff or Clayton Kershaw. So still a rule still apply here. While Detmers against the Astros, he hasn't been the, his best self for a bit now. And uh, it could come through. And I think there is some ceiling to chase here, even though it hasn't been good. But yeah, you probably want to bench it against the uh, the Astros. Um, and then do not start here. Michael Kobeck just doesn't do enough. Ross Stripling could have an opener and make it work, but it's the Rangers, so no. Randy Vasquez is going uh, for the uh, the Yankees um, as they push back Nessa Cortez one day. That's against the Marlins. I don't love it I, at all, but like maybe that does work. Same with Ryan Nelson against the Padres. And then you have like all of these guys that are just bad. Like Austin Gomber and Xavier Curry and Adam Wainwright and Tyler McGill. Even though I'm wearing my Ty Lord McGill shirt now, it's against Atlanta. No way. Uh, I want it to work, though. Dallas Keuchel, Javier Assad, and an opener for uh, Angel Zerpa. You don't know Angel Zerpa. It's okay. Pitches for the Royals. Don't do it. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow's game. Spencer Strider, Tyler Glasnow. Is that Glasnow going? I hope so. Um, if he is, you start him. Brandon Woodruff, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, George Kirby. Please have that slider. And uh, Zach Gallen, who did really well last time with four seamers uh, up and curveballs down. But I need to see it again for more faith. Uh, I'm obviously starting all of them, though. Probable start here, and Nessa Cortez is going tomorrow. He was a little bit limited last time. Looked so good against the Astros, so you're going with that. Cole Reagans against the uh, Cardinals is my stream pick of the day. I'm a little surprised I can stream him. 
There is another streamer in this tier, though. So if you can't didn't get on the Cole Reagan's trade yet, which you need to now, um, there is another option we'll get to in a second. Uh, if you haven't watched the video I put out of Cole Reagan's, you have to do that ASAP. It's like my favorite video. <laughs> I'm just completely gushing over him. And I think it's so important for you guys to watch a starter to understand truly what makes them good or bad. Because then you can understand as a fantasy manager how sustainable this stuff is and just how good he was is sustainable. Like he deserved that success. And that's a really cool thing. It wasn't like Alec Marsh's 11Ks, which I don't really think he deserved that one. Cole Reagan's deserved every ounce of success he had against the Red Sox. And also when he made mistakes, they actually punished him a little bit. Like it was the, it was a start that was exactly what it was supposed to be. Brian Bayo against the Tigers. That feels pretty safe. Um, Gavin Williams against the race. He just struck out 12. So we go with that, right? We get, we have to go with that. Uh, Steven Matz against the Royals should be relatively safe. The Royals are a little bit better now. Don't strike out as much, but I think we go with that. You have Bassett, Chris Bassett versus Justin Steele, which is interesting. I'm favoring Bassett because he's been more consistent. Most Steele's been weird lately. Uh, and uh, I still do it, but I'm a little worried. Um, Brandon Williamson uh, against Pittsburgh might be something you go after um, because he would be the other streaming option because he looked good last time. Now, not amazing, not like Reagan's. But he looked good, and it might be something legitimate with that changeup, um, as his velocity is still up, and the the four seamer cutter do have a good foundation. It's just about that third pitch coming through with the changeup did last time. So maybe that does work in Pittsburgh. Don't absolutely love it, but I feel that you need to be a little extra aggressive with it because if this is real, uh, you get a bigger benefit than the other two, which is Tony Gonsolin at Rocky Road, which is just really a one time stream. And Andrew Heaney, who is still a cherry bomb, but he's in San Francisco and it's a decent win chance. And he's looked good lately and the Giants are terrible against lefties and so on and so forth. So Brandon Williamson, to me, has more potential for the long term if it does click here again. Right. You make sense. That makes sense. OK, you understand. Good. You make sense. I understand. <laughs> um, make understand. OK. Questionable start tier. You have Taiwan Walker, who has, I think, been trending down. That's why he's a questionable start for against Minnesota. Luis Medina was good for four starts and then stumbled last time. And I'm going to say that he rebounds more likely than not against the Nationals, but it's a questionable start too. Like, it is a bad floor. So I get it. And win chance is low. Uh, we have a double header with the Mets and the, uh, the, in Atlanta, right? So for the, uh, for Atlanta's side, um, we already talked about, uh, Spencer Strider at the very top, sure. But Michael Soroka is going um, against the Mets. And it was eight strikeouts, but also four walks in his minor league start. The slider was amazing. Fastball command wasn't really there. It was also lower velocity. And the changeup, I don't really buy being that good there. So kind of weird. But I do recognize that he could just kind of coast through this one. Uh, Cole Irvin against the Mariners is a very sneaky win chance play here. As he is kind of a Toby. Um, and that could work out uh, for you. Jesse Schultens has two straight starts of six innings pitch with a collective uh, amount of three and runs in those two games. Maybe that does work against the, uh, the Brewers. And then you have Kodai Senga uh, against Atlanta, which is terrifying to me, especially when he had a moment two starts ago where the cutter and, and stuff wasn't as good. This is just so scary, but I understand if you're chasing strikeouts, he's a long go for it, fine. JB France returns to rotation against the Angels. Maybe that works. Don't love it. Whatever. Uh, Jose Quintana also gets Atlanta. If he has his good command, that can work, but it's just, oh boy, it's terrifying. And Teller Anderson has had a great changeup, but he gets the Astros. So he's at the bottom of this. That could work, but I don't love it. Alex Cobb has been off with the splitter, and now he gets Texas. I don't want to trust that at all. Jake Irvin's throwing 96, but his curveball isn't doing enough, and there's nothing else in the secondary department, even though against Oakland, it's still not fun. Uh, and it's in Washington, not in Oakland. 
Uh, Matt Manning, Luis Ortiz, Rich Hill, and Pierre Lambert close this one out. Uh, as none of them are really that interesting. Luis Ortiz is kind of interesting, but like, what are we even going to get? I don't even know. And Matt Manning is not showing the skills that we want, even though he's getting balls to him. All right. That is it. Uh, thanks for enduring the NPR podcast. Uh, I'll be, of course, around next May. I hope that my voice is good enough for the weekend podcast. Uh, but, uh, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babs be low and your strikeouts high.